Welcome to The After Party, a podcast about lessons learned and shaping the future. I'm Raven Bonowell, and today I am joined by Jennifer Hopkins. Jennifer is a performer, choreographer, and director for stage productions across the country, as well as the founder of J-Hop Virtual Dance and Fitness, where she has been leading group fitness classes throughout the pandemic. Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> Hey, Miss Raven. <laughs> Jennifer, what are you most excited about now that the world's opening up? Oh my goodness. Um, I in the last two weeks, I have started teaching in person officially, <gasps> wow. which has been kind of like it feels like a revolution. <laughs> I, I got hired at a, a very big complex and wellness center out here in Virginia called the the St. James. Um, and uh just actually going in and being in the room with people. Um, everyone, you know, everyone in the building is, is vaccinated. Um, and, uh, to actually get to kind of connect with people in that way and give like hands-on corrections and touch and adjustments. Um, it's a weird thing to be negotiating now. It feels awkward at times, you know, you, um, it, it requires a whole nother level of communication, which is totally appropriate and necessary, but just like, a new thing to navigate, but it is really, really special. Um, it, it is pretty cool to be spending, um, you know, a few hours back in the studio with people. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I, I was thinking just the other day that I am now missing bar classes mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I was doing bar before I started, um, but well, before the pandemic and before I got pregnant and, uh, you know, I, I was really doing well with it. And then, you know, pregnancy, pandemic, everything, I was like, whatever, I don't need that anymore. And just the other day, I was like, you know what, this would be nice to go in person to, <laughs> to a bar. Yeah. And you know what, that's your mind and your body telling you you're ready, you know, like now's the time, you know, we're, we're ready to get back to things. And I had a very similar conversation to a woman I gave a private Pilates session to, um, in person earlier this week. Um, she's got, you know, a seven or eight year old daughter. Um, they've been cooped up together for the last year. And she just like said, you know what, I got to get myself sorted. <laughs> I, gotta, I have to get back. I have to get moving. Um, and her motivation was keeping up with her daughter, um, which as we both know is, is very exhausting and, and high energy. And, um, yeah. that was her motivation to really come back, but it was, she felt that same kind of just that, that voice that said like, mm -hmm. we're ready, let's go. We got it. We got we have goals. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I'm curious about how you got into the fitness industry in the first place. I, I know you through theater and yeah. that world. Um, so I was very excited, uh, you know, when I discovered that you were also teaching fitness classes, especially online during the pandemic and right after I had a baby and it was so yeah. perfect. How did you get into this uh, world in the first place? So I'd always been a mover. I grew up dancing. Um, so I've always had that kind of relationship with body work and, and movement um, and kind of the need to physically express and move. Um, that's just kind of in my, in my blood. Um, and I had a really, I actually had a really negative um, relationship with working out though. Um, I think we, we talked about this in a conversation before where mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I danced seven days a week for, for hours, you know, that, but I didn't consider it exercise. That was my passion. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so when people started talking about working out or going to the gym, I just, I, it was like, they were speaking a foreign language. I just, I didn't understand it. Um, and of course, as life happens and you, you know, you're, you're no longer an, an adolescent and, uh, you establish eating patterns of college and you're no longer a competitive dancer and everything else, like your body changes and your relationship to food and exercise changes. And it can have a really, really negative effect on some people. Um, and it definitely did me. So um, I joined, I remember doing really badly at a dance audition in New York one day. And I was really depressed because I felt like it had to do with my body as opposed to my talent. And I was like, okay, like I need to go to a gym. So I literally left the audition and I went and I joined a gym. Um, at which gym I proceeded to be miserable <laughs> because my um, experience with that meant like, okay, I'm going to get on this elliptical machine or I'm going to, you know, try to get on this treadmill. I was very intimidated by classes, very intimidated by machines, um, didn't know how to use them properly and didn't want to look foolish, um, which is an experience I think so many of us have and, and don't often talk about. Um, so that carried on for a very long time, just like this, okay, I'm going to go, but it's not effective exercise, right? You don't enjoy it. Therefore, your heart isn't in it. Literally, your cardio is not in it. You're doing it. You're having a very negative and unproductive relationship with your body and your mind. Um, I got a theater job then a um, couple years later, a few years later maybe several years later, <laughs> back in, um, back in St. Louis, I was, um, I got, uh, hired to come back and, uh, teach in St. Louis for several months. And so while I was there, I found a Pilates studio just up the road from where I was teaching. And I said, well, I've always really loved Pilates. I mean, my experience with that has been very positive. Um, I think that would be really good for me. I'm going to go check the studio out. And the studio was fantastic. To top everything off, the thing that made it life-changing was that on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., they had this class on the schedule called Piloxing. And I looked at the description and it was, um, you know, Pilates, boxing, and dance. And I was like, um, I love these things. <laughs> I have to go check this out. And again, this is so often people's experience. Like, huh, this class sounds interesting to me. I'm going to go check it out. It's exactly what I did. And within the first, I'm going to say, two or three minutes of class, the thought that boomed in my head was I should be teaching this. Ah, yeah. Like, which was different than like, oh my God, this is great. Because all of that was, I was definitely experiencing, but the big banner above my head and the big light bulb that went off was like, this is actually something I should be teaching. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. As soon as I could, I went, um, I went and I got my group exercise certification and I got certified specifically to teach piloxing. And that started my relationship with fitness. And um I got back to DC and I started applying and I got hired at Joy of Motion as part of their fitness program, the YWCA that used to be um, thriving on 14th Street, hired me right off the bat. Um, and through that, um, I because Pilates was such a huge part of that curriculum and uh, of that practice and principles, I got deeper into Pilates and I said, well, now I have to get like fully comprehensively you know, certified in Pilates because I'm so <laughs> interested in people's bodies. Like that, that love of movement and dance translated into um, a, a very deep fascination with like where people originate movement from, mm -hmm. um, visual patterns and alignment, um, engagement of the body. So I did, I did my full certification in New York for Pilates at the home studio of power Pilates, um, which is a very classical program, um, mm -hmm. designed after the intentions of Joe Pilates. And, um, with that form knowledge, 
and uh, body awareness. Then all of a sudden I started getting asked to teach um, weight training mm-hmm. and, and like mm-hmm. training classes, um, which uh, I think was just hilarious to me because like all of these things that were so intimidating to me and that were so out of the realm of possibility for me in my 20s, suddenly in my 30s, I was leading these classes and um, really successfully helping people like create a relationship with their bodies, with their core and, and pushing their athleticism. And that, so that's, that's how it all happens. That's, that's yeah. kind of the story in a nutshell. That's amazing. I mean, it sounds like you really found your gateway, like your opening to it through, mm-hmm. through dance and everything. I, I have a, a similar experience of, you know, I, you know, you know, I danced for a very long time as well. And I I remember going to the gym for the very first time in college and being like, what do I do here? (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) You know, I I did. I felt like a a moron because Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't know how to do this. I, you know, exercise was important, but my, you know, my God, like, I don't know how to use this stuff. And, but it sounds like you really, created a, a, you know, a connection for yourself through Pilates that then expanded into all sorts of stuff. And, you know, I don't, whether you, you go to the gym any, you know, now, but it's like even doing the hit stuff, the, you know, it, it's sort of one thing bleeds into the other, into the other. And now you're, you know, it sounds like you're a lot more comfortable with exercise as a whole, you know, and, and maybe, um, you know, creating those connections that aren't necessarily dance. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Well, and, you know, I I actually was surprised because I thought that J-Hop had been around for a while. And so I was actually really surprised that you started this company this week, this week, last year <laughs> yeah a year ago yeah. so you know how tell me about that how how was that uh experience for you to start a company in a pandemic sure I mean um I mean COVID forced all of us to take like a very sharp look at our lives you know and like how we operate and and what our what our job is like what our home life is like and what that balance is and, um, you know, March last year happened. I had to get through, I, I knew in my brain, I was like, okay, so I can't go back to the gym. That was a huge loss of income. Um, I was very fortunate. Um, the company that I worked for at Equinox, which I will always speak very highly of, um, they continued to pay us for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very fortunate to have that. Um, but we are, you know, much like with acting, we're, we're freelancers, we're contractors, you know, like we, it's not like we don't have sick leave and we don't have, (laughs) there's no, like, there's no payment plan. There's, (laughs) there's no salary, right? Like you work the hours that you're there. Um, and so with the gym, that was really scary, but I have a couple other teaching jobs that I was like, I just have to get through this school year. I've got to figure this out. I've got to get my students through this year. So that, um, and then, and then I'll kind of figure everything else (laughs) out later. (laughs) So June came yeah, school finally ended. June came and I said, okay, I, I think I actually can take a second. This thing isn't ending, right? We all, at the beginning, everybody thought by summer we'd be back at it. And I was like, this is, nothing's changing. This is getting worse. Um, and I have a moment to think about what I want to do. What am I going to do? So I had a nickname in college, which was J-Hop. Mm-hmm. And um, I 
thought it would be really cool if I could reach out to my network of people that have been with me off and on over at this, you know, at that point, like eight years that I'd been teaching. Um, and when I say teaching, I mean, like putting in the miles, I mean, driving way out to Ashburn, Virginia, all the way to Bethesda, out to, you know, teaching dance sometimes at Rockville, like I mean, driving back and forth all over this town, McLean, DC, Alexandria, everywhere. And I thought, what if I actually reached out to all of these people and I provided movement for them, you know, during this time when we can't leave our homes. Um, and when we're all probably doing a little bit too much eating and <laughs> sitting and stressing, right. Just for our, even our brains and our, our minds. And that's what I did. Wow. And that's what I did. Um, and I do, I actually want to take a picture of my, my, um, attendance roster from that first week. You know, I think there were like three classes that week and there's like three people, two people, three people, you know, <laughs> like, but it was great. You know, I got it started. I started a newsletter, um, do tried to tick all the boxes of what you're supposed to do, you know, when you're really starting something. And, um, I've never been a big social media person. Mm-hmm. Um, I love posting things when it's relevant, you know, or what have you, or pictures of my kids occasionally. Um, I'm not the type of person that loves to take a selfie and put it up and be like, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm not very comfortable with that. And I had to get comfortable <laughs> real quick, at least to a certain point. I, I to be honest, and I'm not quite sure I'll ever be like fully comfortable with it. Um, but you, uh, you know, when you're running a business, you kind of have to put yourself out there. Well, it's, you know, it strikes me that that is what fitness is too, right? It isn't comfortable. It's not comfortable, but you know, you've got a commitment that's larger than what's comfortable. And, you know, when, when you were creating this and being comfortable with social media, me neither, I continuously look at like, how do I half avoid this, but also like do what I want to with it and still connect with people, but not really fully immerse. And, you know, it, it is really about what are you actually committed to, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and getting the word out there and building your business and, you know, the commitment to your body in, in fitness. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I took one of your poloxing classes, uh, early on in this. I didn't realize how early on in, in, in this journey, um, you know, I had just had a baby and had just been cleared for exercise. And, um, I, I feel like everybody at that point was talking about, you know, we're going to come out of this pandemic and everybody is either going to have gained a ton of weight or gotten incredibly fit. And I was like, well, I just had a baby. I don't have any, and I'm bad at exercise anyway. And I don't know what to do. And I can't, you know, and, and the things that worked for me in the past are really the accountability. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking about going to bar class and really when I put myself in a class, Mm -hmm. I won't quit. Mm-hmm. Because because of all sorts of things like I don't want to look bad, I don't right. want people to think that I'm a quitter, or whatever. Right? It's not the most empowered thing, but it works. But it works. There's a social pressure that happens, mm-hmm. and that but that's that's true for some. I think it's really easy to like put a negative spin on that when it comes to fitness because it has to do with our bodies and like oh we're not supposed to be judging ourselves. But I think that's true for everything. There's a lot of people that could never work at home in the past because 
it would be hard for them to be accountable for their work if they were just home all day, as opposed to the social pressure of being in a public space with coworkers, with a looming boss, what have you. Well, that boss is just your fitness instructor, you know, like, and your coworkers are your group exercise class. Yeah. yeah? So you can, you can think of that in all, all sorts of ways. Um, and uh, there is, a, but that's, that's why from the very beginning, um, even in a virtual space, I have referred to this as the Jayhawk community. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted, um, it wasn't, it wasn't even like an intentional decision in the beginning. I was like, no, this is just what it is. Like that, there was no question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people that at periods of time in my life, I have seen two and three times a week. I know who their kids are. I know when they got married. I know um, what's going on with their parents, you know, like, because I, I see, like, I see, and I talk to these people more often than I get to talk to my best friends in Nebraska and Ohio. And, um, you know, cause that there, that is, that is a kind of a gym culture, a fitness culture that you develop with people that you like, that you repeatedly and routinely go to class with. Um, there is that social aspect to it. And for some people it's everything, you know, it's incredibly important to them and losing that last year was very hard on a lot of people um, because it does tap into that motivation. Oh, well, I know I'm going to get to see my friend Ray, you know, at class today where he's going to call me if I'm not there, you know, or whatever. And be like, why weren't you in class? You know, or teachers start to get to know you and they're like, no, you always come on Thursdays. Why weren't you in class last week or whatever? That's just, that's, that's part of it. Um, and I wanted to, in a very positive way, um, try to build that community Um, and it was pretty, pretty awesome to see what happened, you know, um, to like, you know, I, I always think of my friend Marie who, um, used to take my class two, sometimes three times a week. Um, she and her husband moved out to the Dominican Republic (laughs) and have a beautiful baby now. And they're now pregnant with their second child. Um, and she's taking class with me every week, you know, from the DR, like because of this virtual space that opened up, um, things like that are really, really special to me. My college roommate is taking class with me from Missouri every Saturday, you know? Yeah. That, that is something that's really been amazing about this, right? Is that, Oh, I don't have, I don't have to, to get there or drive there or, you know, and I can create this here wherever I am. Um, I'm curious, you know, what you, you, it it sounds like it worked for you over and, and worked for your, your community over the last year. How do you, how do you keep that going or, or how are you looking at keeping it going now that we are coming back in person? Well, I think that's a very apt question. I mean, it's definitely something I'm spending some time thinking about. Um, and I think what it comes down to, the thing I, I keep thinking of is balance. Like, even as I start to, you know, I'm, I'm raving at the beginning of this podcast about like, I got to go back into the gym and I got to teach mm-hmm. in person and provide hands-on experience to people. There is worth in that. You know, that the, nothing that's happened virtually can, d- can diminish that. However, on a Monday night when your kids are home or it's a long day at work, if you don't want to drive to the gym, yeah, and tack on another few hours, like driving to the gym, getting ready, getting into class, cleaning up, getting your stuff, driving home, et cetera, guess what? There's actually an option where you can go down to your basement, work out for 45 minutes and be up in time for dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so I think it's about balance. I think both are valid. And I, I, I think that, you know, and, and home workouts have been around for a long time. You know, this is, this was not new. Um, they just became more at the forefront, I think, of people's, you know, dialogue and mm-hmm. options. 
And if there's one thing people love, it's options in this country, right? So like, I think it's just, it's a matter of making sure you provide quality, mm-hmm. consistency, um, and worth, right? But like, but just provide, providing the platform that, so it's there because sometimes people, you know, sometimes I'm going to, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I'm going to want to go take a class. Great. I have the opportunity. The kids are taken care of. I can go take a class. Ah, I get in person. I get all of those, you know, motivational feels that we were just talking about. Fabulous. Um, for six o'clock on a Monday night when I want to do Piloxing, um, I'm going to go downstairs and, and teach for 45 minutes. And then I'm going to come up and have dinner with my kids and put them to bed, you know, without all the traffic and the driving and the extra time. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to continue to find a way to create the space for both. Yeah. I think that's so important. And, you know, it, it, I, I feel like in, in some of these conversations that I, I have had with people looking at, you know, what the after times look like that, that theme of choice keeps Mm -hmm. coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that oftentimes I tend to look at things that are all with all or nothing, right? It's like, okay, well, now that we're back in person, I guess I got to go to bar in person and, you know, screw all those walks I've been taking because who has time, you know, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and really there, there is something of like, we just had all the time in the world, you know, it was like, nobody's going anywhere. You, You don't have a social plan, you know, essentially, or, or it's severely diminished. And so there was time for all of this. And, you know, the idea of going back, it, you know, I keep going, gosh, I'm going to be so busy. It's going to be, it's going to be busy. And remembering that I don't have to say yes to everything. And yeah, you're right. Maybe I can go to class in person sometimes when it works for me. And other times I can, you know, take a class in the basement or, you know, take a walk or something like that. And it doesn't have to be one or the other, even as it's because, and, and especially looking at, I mean, cause all of us, I think so often, and, and again, I think women are more prone to do this and not like, Oh, how can I make my schedule fit that schedule? Right. I, I, Oh, here's what they're giving me or here are the options that they're giving me. Okay. How can I try to make something happen instead of saying like, okay, what actually works best for me and my schedule and my sanity and my wellness. Mm-hmm. And what's awesome is like just this morning, I got to take a Pilates class. I mean, here I am, you know, I'm a Pilates professional and love teaching and helping other people, but I had to take a Pilates mat class with the woman who trained me out of New York, right? Mm -hmm. That fit into my schedule and she has a virtual schedule now. Um, I can take a class. Whereas before there was, I I remember when I was in grad school, there was one Pilates class that I could take (laughs) on Saturday mornings all the way, I lived in, uh, I was in Alexandria at the time and it was all the way up in Tacoma Park. Mm-hmm. And so on Saturday, I would get up, I would get on the bus to the Metro and drive the Metro all the way up to take a class on Saturday morning because I really wanted to take the lines. And that was the mat class that was available at my level, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I, and the, a teacher that I liked and everything else. Um, oh my God, that's a three hour, three and a half hour commitment. As opposed to mm-hmm. one hour commitment in my bedroom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Options, just options. Right? Yeah. And they're there now. That's, you know, that's a, such a 
such great advice for somebody that, you know, is maybe looking for a new routine or to develop a routine after now that, you know, the world's opening up and we've got other commitments to, to juggle at the same time again. Um, what other advice do you have for people that are, you know, that are like, okay, how do I, how do I switch things up again? Or how do I, um, maybe even get into a fitness routine? Sure. Sure. What's interesting is that, so we're now, um, gosh, four weeks into my summer burn club. Mm. And this time around, I asked everybody just right from the forefront to say, tell me your three goals. All right. Mm -hmm. We've got nine weeks between June and July. What are your three goals? And I really wanted to focus on that for people this time. And almost everyone who came back to me with their goals specified something about making sure they get their three workouts in a week or, you know, some of them chose four. Yeah. Um, so I, I, my biggest commitment and my biggest goals is actually just to do the thing <laughs> that they signed up for. I mean, that's literally, I just want to do the thing that I yeah. thought I was going to do. I want to make the time. And so I always use the statement of like, treat it like a doctor's appointment, you know, treat it like you, cause it's so easy. And I've been thinking about this lately too. And I'm sorry if this, this is going to seem like a little bit like a tangent, but for me in thinking about that Pilates class, I will come up with excuses why I shouldn't take it. Oh, I should really go do this. The house needs cleaning or what have you. And I'm like, there are two things at play here. One, there is my own little guilt because I'm taking time for myself to like treat my body, focus on my body without talking and articulating and assisting other people and guiding them in their fitness journey. Stop, right? Because mm-hmm. my health and my <laughs> movement is just as important, right? So mm-hmm. I deserve that. The other element to that is like professionally speaking, that is my continuing education. That is what makes me an excellent teacher because I'm in the practice of this, continuing to learn from masters who have been around for decades longer than I have. That is no different than a professional development conference, than pausing your work to read a few articles about your work, right? Or getting together for a lunch meeting with your boss. I mean, that's essentially what I'm doing. We're just moving while we do it. Mm -hmm. But if you say something like, oh, I got a workout in today, or oh, I took Pilates, like there's just something about it that we, interpret as luxurious or as like, oh, leisurely, you had the time. And I just, I really resent that both in my own little TikTok brain, but also in the, in the general sense of like taking time to work out, taking time to um, take care of your body. That is not a luxury. That is a necessity. Um, so just reminding people of that, both in like their judgment of others, like, oh, you got to a class today. I didn't, I was working or I had the kids or whatever. Well, okay, great trade off, right? Mm -hmm. Your partner got to go down and get on the Peloton. Well, guess what? They're going to take over for a bit. They're going to do some chores or whatever. They're going to run the errands and you're going to get down and you're going to get your workout in like, but you have to ask and you have to, you have to make the time. You just do. And I, uh, it's, it's something you said earlier, it's hard, right? It's um, what you're, uh, well, I can't remember exactly what you said, but I wanted, I posted that at it. Um, but you're, it's literally like working out is work. Right? Yeah. It is a stress. You are literally putting 
your body into stress. And so there are all kinds of mental games you can play with yourself to talk yourself out of it because we are survivalists at heart, right? Ooh, that's a stress position, right? I'm gonna, I'm about to like put myself through something. If I can protect myself from that, there's a part of your like survival instinct that will do that. Mm -hmm. But you can't let those voices derail you. There's always gonna be a hundred other things that need to be done. Mm -hmm. Right. But your body's not going to wait for you is yeah. the thing, you know, it, it really, really isn't. And that only continues to get harder. Um, Joel and I actually, um, went out for lunch. Mm -hmm. We're like starting to do these little things. We're like, we actually go out to restaurants now. And I know some people <laughs> have been doing that for a while, but like, we actually did the thing about lunch. But the reason why this is relevant to this conversation is that at this lovely restaurant, not far from us, there was an entire oval table um, full of the most beautiful white-haired ladies. And when I looked at them, just every, literally every single member of this delightful group had chins and necks forward, were slouched over, difficulty walking, holding their carriage up, mm -hmm. um, every single one of them. And I don't say that with judgment, like at all. I'm just saying that is what happens to our bodies if we're not actively doing something that counteracts that. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are all sorts of individual medical and legitimate reasons why something's happened in our bodies. But if you have the ability to put in three hours a week to try to prevent some of those natural aging things that happen in our bones and our muscles, like, you, you just, you got to do it because then you can keep chasing your other goals and your family members around. And like, but if, cause if you're not healthy, you're not able to do any of those things. <laughs> right. So, if, and I know like if I get an injury or whatever, like I can't do the things that I love. Mm -hmm. So I try to remind myself that and say, no, this is, this is worth it. This is going to be a challenging workout. This is going to be hard. I need to do it with smarts and with listening to my body, but, but I have to attempt this. I have to put in the time. Yeah. I'm playing the long game. Yeah. I, I really hear that it's a, um, it's a, it's an exercise and a practice in self-love mm -hmm. to give yourself the, to demand the time yeah. to take care of yourself really. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, there's all sorts of self-love that you can do, right? Like to actually pay attention to your body and again, know when it needs to rest or needs to to eat or drink or something like that. But it's also knowing when you need to, to kind of put it through some paces to work out and to, to take care of, take care of that as well. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that lately, that self-love doesn't necessarily mean, you know, uh, that you give yourself an easy way out either. Right. Right. Yeah. It means, you know, it means honesty too. It means honesty. Like, it means yeah. honesty. yeah. And so I guess when I could tie it back to your question of like advice, um, if you want this, like if there are things that you want in your movement life, then you have to make the time for it because it will not happen on its own. And I, that sucks. Right. Um, but that's just true for everything, you know, and I, um, and I, I, I did a newsletter about this not too long ago, like the 23 hours versus the one hour. <laughs> and it was like, please remember that one hour of great work will not undo 23 hours 
of negligence, right? That yes, doing that one hour is awesome. <laughs> but if you but equating that to work, like if you actually went to work in an office and you did one hour of work, that progress would be incredibly slow, <laughs> right? It would just be incredibly slow. So relating that then to your fitness world. Yeah. So giving yourself the permission and the time to just say, no, I'm doing this right now and not allowing the other introductions. And then also being diligent about finding something that makes you feel empowered mm-hmm. when you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. You find a job that makes you happy. You find a partner that makes you happy. I mean, these are the ideals, the goals, right? Mm-hmm. So find fitness that makes you happy. Not to say that every minute's not going to be work, but in the end, do you feel good? Do you feel proud? Do you feel strong? And I always encourage strength and power over any kind of visual results you may mm-hmm. or not be. Do you feel strong? Do you feel empowered when you leave that workout? Um, does your body feel like, oh, wow, yes, yes. Then find that thing because that's what's actually going to make you do it again. Yeah, I if, if I had stopped at that elliptical and treadmill, like I would, <laughs> there would be no fitness journey. You know, I would just be like walking, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that's, that's only beneficial to a very small degree. Um, and, uh, so you have to find the thing that actually motivates you. It makes you feel good. Excellent. That's, that's such, that's such a great advice words to live by right there. Find the thing that motivates you and makes you happy. Cause that's yeah. what it's about. Cause it should, it's it. movement. Movement should make you happy. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's just, it should feel good. Absolutely. Jennifer, thank you so much for chatting with me and being here today. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they find the J-Hop community? The J-Hop community. So on Instagram, it's at J-Hop2it, the number two, at J-Hop2it. Um, and on Facebook, there's a J-Hop virtual dance and fitness page that you can that you can find me at. Otherwise, it's done for J-Hop. Just Google me and find me. <laughs> Googleable. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for chatting with me i look so forward to seeing you and hugging you when we can do that let's do that thank you so much for having me miss raven absolutely thanks jennifer thank you i'd love to hear what you've learned about yourself through the covid pandemic you can get in touch through email at ravenbcoaching at gmail.com. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook at Raven Bonwell Coaching and on Instagram at ravenbcoaching. R-A-V-E-N-B-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. If you've enjoyed this episode, do us a favor and give it a five-star rating to help us reach more listeners. The After Party is a celebration of lessons learned. It's hosted by leadership coach Raven Bonwell and produced by Accomplishment Media.